Hello, Pixel Peeps. Welcome to Images Everything with your host, the Pixel Pimp himself, Rav Holly. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Images Everything. I am your host, Rav Holly. Uh, on this week's show, we're going to have the beautiful Miss Sissy Lee in the house. She's in studio today. Uh, she is a model, uh, actually was a love interest of mine, uh, and I kind of got her into the modeling game, and we're going to be discussing that today. The first time I shot her was a couple over two years ago, probably two and a half, three years ago, and... Uh, She's really come a long way in that time. So we just did another shoot. She just signed with a new agency. We just did another shoot for her. And uh, we're going to be discussing that on today's show. So let's get ready and let's do it. Our goal is not the victory of might, but the vindication of right. Let's go. Pixel Pimps, uh, glad to have you here today. We have a, I'm super excited. We have another guest on the show today, and it's uh, my girl came all the way out here from Hollywood. We have Miss Sissy Lee on the show today. Hi, girl. Hello there, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm super good. I'm so glad to have you on the show. I'm I'm so happy to be on the show. Um, to give people. To give the listeners a little insight, we've known each other for a couple of years, <clears throat> and uh, I actually met you, and you had nothing to do with photography at the time, really, when I actually met you, but I had a commercial shoot that I was looking for Asian models for, and I actually knew you, and I actually hired for this commercial shoot a agency-represented model that we paid, or I paid for the shoot, and she came out and shot, and she did a fabulous job, but she really didn't have the look. She had more, uh, we were looking for a little bit more edgy or sexy, and so after we shot her, I ended up going, you know what, I think you could do this, and so you came in and uh, did some shots for me for that commercial client. And to this day, they are some of my very best and most popular work. And the funny thing is, is I think maybe you had done one photo shoot at that time with another photographer friend of yours? Yeah, I did. I um, I did, I think it may have been one shoot or one fashion show with 
or anything else that I'd ever done that had to do with photography was with my friend Josue Flores. Mm -hmm. And he is a fashion designer. Um, He's notorious for being the only deaf fashion designer in um, Orange County or California that we know of. He's he's done a bunch of other um, fashion shows throughout this year. And I've walked in about three of them. But when I first met you, I don't even I don't even know if I'd walked in one of his shows yet. I think I just did a shoot with him once or twice. Yeah, and yeah. and I actually had seen those pictures because it was a dual model shoot, and he had you in some type of uh, white igloo. It was like a circular wall, cutout wall. Yeah, yeah. And it was a really, actually, a really, uh-huh. really good shot. I think it's still on your Facebook page, right? Yeah, it is. And I complimented on the aesthetics of it, and and I really did like the shot, and I liked the way you came out in it, and I figured that uh, I could get you to get you in front of my camera as well and that's actually worked out pretty well because that was what over two years ago oh when when i did that first shoot with Josue, i was that was about 2009 oh wow when i yeah. met you it was about 2010 2011 something like that yeah yeah we actually met on christmas day for yeah the first we time. did that crazy yeah. we did. um so I'm really excited for you because the reason I wanted to have you on the show is because I've actually, I knew you when you still looked like, not that you don't still look like you're 12, <laughs> but you've at, at least I look like I'm 16 now. Yes. You've yeah. actually, you've actually turned into a really beautiful young lady. When we did that first shoot, you looked uh, like a young lady, but it was some work to make you look like you were, um, uh, that you could actually get a driver's license. <laughs> and now you've really matured and you've, uh, you had a lot of, you weren't fat by any means, but you got, you still had that little baby fat, I guess. Yeah, I and did. I definitely did. You've really thinned out. You're not really tall, but you have really long, pretty legs. And so that really gives you that commercial print model look. And, uh, so you've just, and I know for a fact, because I went to LA with you and we took you by and you actually have just signed with a new agent. Yes, I have. Who has, uh, who is pretty successful in getting models print work in different avenues. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, uh, he asked if you could get some shots. So we actually did my very first shoot out here in Joshua tree. Uh, and, um, I think it came out pretty good. Uh, I was a, I was a little bit disappointed because I had the uh, I had you know I'm a professional photographer. I've been a professional photographer for so long, but as you know, I've been a studio shooter. I wouldn't leave the studio for anything because that was my comfort space. And then when I relocated out here, it's beautiful landscape, so it's the perfect avenue to be shooting. But it's, I was it is perfect. It's in Joshua Tree is a very magical place. But I was just so intimidated by getting out there and, and trying to get started. But with you, I felt comfortable, so I knew it would be a perfect surrounding and you know a perfect dynamic for me to get out there and really try to start honing my skills again with natural light. And so uh, that was my goal when we shot your your shoot was to actually use. I have a whole, I have thousands of dollars worth of strobes, mm-hmm. but you lose those dynamic shadows that I love. I mean, when you strobe something, it blows the shadows out. It eliminates shadows, which aesthetically is what most people want now. And it's what 
all the newer photographers, that's all they know. They don't know the old, uh, the old ad campaigns from the 70s and the 80s where there mm-hmm. were shadows everywhere. So now when photographers see shadows, they're like, oh my God, shadows. But really, to me, shadows add depth and dimension to photos. And that's why a lot of times I admire a lot of the older work, you know, because a lot of people were just shooting with a camera back then. They weren't shooting with this extravagant strobe setup. So that's what I wanted to do with your, with your shots. And uh, they're really good shots. Uh, I was a little disappointed in myself because I actually let you get underexposed uh, because I was really working to try to capture that beautiful Joshua tree, Mm -hmm. uh, the skyline and everything with the mountains in the back. And I didn't have anybody assisting to hold reflectors or anything. So we just kind of winged it. But I still think we got some really good shots. I I think we got some amazing shots. And I think we got a, a, I think we got at least five to seven shots that you can put in a, in your new book that you're getting ready to build. Yes. And that was our goal to begin with. Yeah. Yes, which I'm really excited about. Same here. <laughs> and uh, I forgot to ask you, uh, with your friend, that you walked in his show, and he's a photographer that took your first shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, does he have a website, or do you, does he have a Facebook page that you can plug? Let me try to find it. Because I'm sure he would, uh, I'm sure he would love the recognition, and I'm sure everybody would love to go uh, check out his uh, amazing designs, because he is a fashion designer, and yes. he he does his own fashion designs, and uh, he creates his own fashion shows. I know in the OC, and I guess maybe the LA area too. Is that correct? Yes, that's that's very correct. Um, he, he's actually doing like um, multiple states now. You probably should talk into the mic there, Sissy Lee. <laughs> <laughs> she's looking up, uh, it's Jose. She's looking up Jose's uh, online info right now so she can give him a plug. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. And since he was the first photographer she ever worked with, uh, I think it's only fitting. And one thing she's uh, she's going to be concentrating on is building her new portfolio and building her book and actually um, and actually uh, working with several different photographers. So if you're a photographer out there and you would like to work with Miss Sissy Lee, um, you can find you on Twitter at... Can't find you on Twitter. Can we find you on Facebook? And what is your Facebook? Sissy Lee, C-I-S-S-Y-L-Y. On Facebook. Facebook Sissy Lee. And um, so I know you need some, you need to get some more commercial stuff going. Uh, Some, I know we shot some stuff yesterday, but you're still lacking. I know for a fact you're still lacking uh, sports need to do that shoot. Uh, we did some headshots, but it wouldn't hurt if you can get another headshot session with another photographer. Uh, and what else are you needing? Um, mostly just fitness. Mm-hmm. Fitness. Bikini. Yes. Um, so any other photographers out there, if you want to work with Miss Sissy Lee, she is actually located in the heart of West Hollywood. Right? Yes, I am. Yeah. And so if you're local to L.A. and uh, you're looking for a gorgeous little Asian model uh, for your book as well, you need to contact her and uh, set something up. 
right, yes. Mr. Seeley? <laughs> and uh, let's see. So what what else have you been, are you doing? Well, um, my agent, Daniel, he's um, really looking to also book me for commercials, acting, maybe some comedy of improv. Um, we're actually looking into different um, commercial acting schools for me to be enrolled in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anybody has any any information out there, get a hold of Sissy and uh, and hit her up and let her know where she can go. But you're right in the heart of Hollywood, so you're really in the perfect spot to be doing exactly what you're doing. Yes. Which is funny because when I met you, you didn't have any of these goals or aspirations. Oh, no, I, I did not. I was... Um, I was living in Orange County. I was very, um, I was very set on the idea of going to school and graduating and getting a degree. But now that I'm in West Hollywood, and yes, I still am in school. I, I see all these people around me um, with so many aspirations and with this creative drive that I always wanted to be surrounded with when I was younger, but never really had that kind of environment to inspire me and so that that dream kind of just slowly faded away but now that I'm in the heart of West Hollywood in LA and I'm it's, it's constantly around me it's like well if everybody else is doing it why why don't I <laughs> and I'm not patting myself on the back or anything well actually actually I am yes. because I I think hopefully I inspired you a little bit to step out there and 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 because I, I saw it in you to begin with. Yeah, no, even, no, even though no, you, you did. No, I did not at all. Before yeah. before I had um before I had met you, it was just something that I I did for my friend Josue because he um because he needed me. It wasn't something that I would was taking seriously at all until you until you spoke to me about it, saying like, "Hey, sissy, like you can really do this." So that was kind of that was kind of the little spark that in that embedded that idea in my head. But I just had nowhere to go with it at the time. And yeah. now it's it's actually, I think it's become a goal for you. And I really think that, I know you're very goal-oriented. And I really do see that materializing, or very could materialize for you very well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I think we both kind of, we've been talking about that the last couple of days. And I think that's, I think it's the right path for you. I think, I know that you're a lot like my friend Nye, and you're very, uh, you're very not into the fame aspect of it, and you're very not into the celebrity aspect of it. But uh, I had to literally drag you on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, I just, I just think that I don't know. The other thing about you that I've known you for a while. The other thing about you that always amazes me is you have a luck, a natural luck mm-hmm. that. That's what it really takes is knowing the right people, being in the right place at the right time. And for some reason, you're one of those people that often find yourself at the right place at the right time for the right opportunities. We were talking about that the other day in L.A. <laughs> yes, that uh, I have another friend that was on the podcast, Tony, and uh, she's a very talented singer, songwriter, mm-hmm. does a lot of stuff. Uh, but from what I understand, she's had struggles with getting an agent 
And uh, you just kind of happened on meeting an agent or somebody that was literally interested in you right away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my initial instinct when, or when you told me about it, I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, like, what is he doing? <laughs> is he doing, like, webcam shows? Like, what kind of agent are we talking about here? Is he in the valley? And, you know, that kind of thing. And then, you know, you told me exactly who he was and what he was doing. I was like, damn, you're lucky, girl. You better get in there and get that <laughs> get that contract signed. And uh, and you met with him last week and or this week actually. God, where's the time? It was. It hasn't even been a week. It's yeah. almost. It's almost been a week. And uh, you are actually professionally represented, which is something that so many of us, including myself, has sought. I've sought to get represented by different photography agencies, mm-hmm. and I've always been turned down. And you walk right in with very little experience, but I think people see the right aspirations in you and the right uh that you have a good head on your shoulders you're as young as you are i've told you so many times you're like an old soul Mm -hmm. because uh you're very young but you have a lot of common sense when it comes to living in life and i've always admired that as a quality in you because most young ladies your age are a hot mess (laughs) and you're a hot mess when it comes to uh setting your curling iron on my plastic toilet <laughs> or trying to wash and set and melting the toilet lid and then trying to wash the curling iron off in the bathtub with it plugged in. Yeah, it was off. The power was off, but it was still plugged was in. So that doesn't make you can get, you will still get electrocuted the exact same way. It's not going to be any difference in the electrocution from on or off. Hopefully we learned that lesson. Yeah, I think I learned that lesson. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to thank you for coming on the podcast. And I told you I'd keep this short, so I, I keep my promises. But as also promised, you made me promise that if uh, if I let you do the, or if I, if you did the podcast, that you got to interview me. So the floor is all yours. Now let's see what you can do. Okay, for the listeners that are just tuning in to Rab's podcast, um, how long, how many years have you been doing photography for? And what was it that made you think this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? To be completely honest with you, um, I got my first camera when I was a teenager. And uh, it was in the very late 80s. And it was a SLR. It was a Pentax K1000. And those were the cameras back in those days that were in all the high schools and stuff for photography classes. So they were, they were very, they were everywhere. And uh, so I actually happened on a Pentax K1000. And the funny thing about it is I had absolutely no idea how to operate the camera. But uh, I always had a goal of someday learning how to operate the camera. And I started a photography class in school, uh, in in high school, uh, when I relocated high schools. And uh, and it was funny because uh, part of that curriculum was your parents had to buy you a camera. And uh, the camera that everybody had to have the same camera. And it was so funny. This was the exact same camera as what I had which was a Pentax K1000. So I was set because my mother, I didn't have the money at the time to buy any camera. And I think they were only like $130 back in those days, but that was a lot of money back then. Mm -hmm. And that was all part of the curriculum is you had to purchase a camera. Uh, There was a couple that I think for kids that couldn't afford it, that the school would let you use and stuff, but then you couldn't take it home with you or anything. You had to check it in and out. So I was like, yeah, I already had a camera. Unfortunately, my mind was all about 
chasing girls and uh, is your not is your mind still not in the same place right now smoking weed chasing girls (laughs) partying going to house parties you know that's what I was all about so when it came to photography class you know my goals for the class was just to learn how to operate my camera I didn't give a crap about the I didn't give a crap about the grade or anything but unfortunately what happened was I had uh, a few girls that would help me with test stuff and you know so <laughs> long story short is I never learned how to operate the camera I took the <laughs> class to learn how to use my camera and when I got out of that class I literally didn't know any more about the camera than when I started I still knew how to focus it I actually learned the only thing I did learn in that is that the camera had a light meter inside the viewfinder and it used a battery and I never knew what the battery was for on the bottom and it was a big like watch battery or a big clock battery, uh, one of those flat batteries, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, uh, and I had no idea where to get a battery for it or what that battery was for. And then uh, they had batteries, so they put it in there. And so I did learn what the light meter was for in the, can- in the viewfinder. So I learned that. But as far as setting the ISO or the aperture or anything like that, I still didn't have a clue. So I got out of high school, went many years, not many years, but I went several years, probably till 93, 94. And uh, I always kept that camera, though, around me, just kind of, it was kind of like a keepsake kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like one day I'm going to learn how to use this. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the, the 90s, um, I was married and I always kept that camera in my desk drawer in my office. Uh, and I had tried to shoot some rolls of film with it before, but I didn't know what speed, what film roll. I didn't have any diet. There's 400, 200, 400, 800. I had no idea what film speed meant. I had no idea what any of that stuff meant. So uh, I would buy film not knowing what speed I needed. So needless to say, I ruined a lot of film. And ruining roll after roll of film, I kind of finally That's a gave lot of money. Up. I kind of gave up on it. And I would How be- much was a roll of film back then? A roll of film wasn't that expensive, but my problem is, is where I spent my money was, uh, I would buy rolls of film and I would walk around, you know, wherever I was living and just take pictures of stuff that I thought was interesting. You know what I mean? Which was probably retarded. And if I looked at them now, but, uh, the problem was, is I'm very, um, that's why I love digital is cause I'm, I have the attention span. I can't wait. You know, I, I want Instant gratification. Mm -hmm. You want to know what it's going to look like. And back in those days, what you did is you pulled your roll and then you dropped it in this little pouch at wherever you wanted to get it developed and you would drop it off and you would come back and get it in a week. Mm -hmm. I never wanted to wait for a week. So I would make sure to take it to one of the one hour photo places. And that's when it got expensive because I remember developing two or four rolls of film one time and all of it was way underexposed and it was at a wolf camera in uh, Dallas (laughs) And uh, it was in the mall, the town east mall in Mesquite, Texas. And when I came back to get the film, all of it was way underexposed. So all the pictures were no good. It was a, the very first modeling shoot I ever did. Oh and I I talked somebody into modeling for me. And so, <laughs> you talked somebody yeah, into it. And, and the pictures were all underexposed. And so... Uh, I was the guy, the, the guy at the counter was asking me, what did you have for aperture on? And I was like, uh, I had no idea what the hell aperture meant. And I'm thinking that's one of the dials on the camera. I wonder which one he's asking me about. Uh, because that whole camera was all manual. Yeah. Everything. There was nothing auto on that camera. Which is what we were doing when we were shooting yes. outside. Yeah, you were, you were doing, manual. you were doing everything manual. Everything manual. I always shoot manual. Uh, and, um, uh, so 
it was all underexposed and I looked at them and the pictures were good. The pictures were good if they weren't so underexposed, but you could still see, but they were not something you'd want anybody else to see. <laughs> so I decided to buy them for myself. And this is in the nineties, remember? And so I'm like, I'm, you know, I was way too embarrassed. You know what I mean? Cause the guy's like, you know, these, none of these pictures are, are the correct exposure. So if you don't want them, you don't have to pay for them. You know, you can, maybe pick through the ones you want and, you know, just pay for a couple of them you want, you know, if that's what you want to do, mm-hmm. because that was Wolf Camera's policy. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just going to, I'll just buy them all. It's, it's okay. It's okay. He's, he's, he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I shot, I think four rolls of 36 exposures, which oh, is the most you can get. Oh my goodness. So the bill was, it was over $50 for pictures that were no good, basically. I mean, I've kept them. I still have them, I think, somewhere. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is like they were, and, and I mean, $50 doesn't sound much, like much to us, but $50 back then oh, would yeah. be probably like $150 today. Oh, yeah, you definitely. Know, gas back then was a dollar, I think it was a dollar thirty-three a gallon, dollar twenty-three or thirty-three a gallon. Yeah, so you can imagine. And so I just, it was painful, but I just, you know, I raked <laughs> out the cash and just, I gave them $100 bill and just paid for the pictures. But the, you know, a lot of times, you know, what, what I take is take a negative and turn it into a positive. And that was a real negative for me. And, uh, and I don't like to just waste money. So that set my mind right there because I saw the potential of those pictures that I took and how good they, how good they could have been because I, I did good in my composition. I did good mm-hmm. in uh, my eye of creating the model. You know, probably, you know, when I look at them now, they're horrible, you know, from where I am now. But still back then, I still had a little something I felt, you know, if I just knew the settings on my camera. So I made on the way home, I was cussing myself all the way home. You <laughs> idiot. You don't even, the guy's asking you aperture and you don't even know what that means. You look like an idiot. You know what I mean? And so I, it was one of those things where we watched that girl today on her Ted talk. Oh, right. Yeah. What was her name? I can't think of her name. I can't, I can't, I can't remember. I can't but she remember. has that disease that makes her look like she's really old. It, she, she, she is not able to hold any body fat right. on her body. So she has 0% body fat. And she said she's, and she's blind in her right eye or left eye. Mm-hmm. And she's never weighed over 60 pounds in her life. Mm-hmm. And, but she's very inspirational. And she's talking about that there was a video, YouTube video that was made of her that called her the ugliest woman in the world or something like that. Right. And she talked about her experience of turning that negative into a positive. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what I did with this scenario because I could have just give up and said, you know what, I'm not a photographer. I'm never going to be a photographer. I'm not smart enough to learn how to operate this camera. It's like, uh, you know, it's like speaking German to me, looking at the thing, you know what I mean, with all these dolls and stuff. And, uh, and I have no idea what these numbers on the camera mean. But I made my mind up driving home, which was about the mall was about probably 20 minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. And by the time I pulled up in the driveway, I said, come hell or high water, I'm going to learn how to use this camera. I don't care how I'm going to do it. And that was the very dawn of the Internet. Right. It was very I'd barely gotten on America online and stuff. So I went in and for like eight hours, tried to find stuff on how to operate a camera. Mm-hmm. And in those days, there was no Google or no, even, you know, before Google, it was Alta Vista and Mama's was a, a search engine that was big back then. But there was really nothing. If you if you Googled, you know, camera operation or something like that, basically all you got back was like camera ads, you know, where you could buy a camera <laughs> and stuff like that. There was no information on cameras. And so I was racking my brain and I ended up going to bed 
And I got up early, early the next morning because I was on a mission. I was going to learn how to operate this camera. So I got up early the next morning and uh, by 10 o'clock, it was the weekend, and I checked to see if the library was open because I was going to go to the town library and get some photography books, but the library was closed. I think it was a Sunday. So I was sitting there in my office and I thought to myself, you know what? We just paid like idiots and paid like $1,500 for a set of Encyclopedia Britannicas. Those encyclopedia salesmen, they used to come around to your door and Mm -hmm. sell you these encyclopedias. And when we bought our new house, we had this huge entertainment center. I'm like, we got to have encyclopedias because all everybody I know, my family, they all have them. (laughs) So I go in and I pull out the P's for photography and I pull out the C's for camera. Uh, and I and I pull those two encyclopedias and I take them back into my office and sat down and open up to photography. And I was like, oh, I started reading like the first couple of pages and there was a whole chapter on photography of about 15 pages. And so then I opened up the camera one and go to the camera. And as soon as I got the camera, there was a whole page of guess what camera? The one that you have. My Pentax K1000. <laughs> so I literally studied those two encyclopedias for a month because it was talking about depth of field and it was written in technical jargon that I didn't understand at the time. I didn't understand aperture or ISO or depth of field or any of this stuff. So I kept reading that stuff, playing with the dials on my camera until it all just kind of made sense and clear. Like there was a point I remember where I kept reading going, I I have to get somebody, I have to find a photographer that can tell me what this stuff is because I don't understand. It's like surgery. If you're reading about surgery, you know what I mean? But at one point I'd read it so many times that it, and they had little illustrations of pictures in there that like the clouds parted and I got it. I was like, oh my God, this one's 400. That means 400 or 800, 600, you know, the film speed. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So I, I was like, oh my God, I got it. I know what those numbers for the film are now. <laughs> so that's where I got started. And so I was still not a photographer, but once I learned my camera settings, I really started taking a lot of pictures. But where I lacked being a film photographer was getting the film developed. So I always had a camera with me. I was always taking pictures and I was never developing film. I still have film in this house right now, even though I just moved here, that is probably 15 years old that I've never developed. And I've been wanting to go drop it off just to see what they are because I have no idea what's on those rolls. They, they wouldn't be damaged by now from they, the heat or the sun or something like that, pro- you think? Good possibility, but then you, you don't you don't know. Because I've always kept them in a, inside. They've never been in an extreme environment of heat or anything. They may be aged. You know, the film gets get kid crack mm-hmm. and stuff when it gets aged. But it's still like a gamble, a crapshoot to see if they come out. You know, even if even if it's a roll of thir- 24. That would five be a lot of, of fun out, to yeah, just develop see and see. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and so um, I went from the 90s and then I started doing some web development. Mm-hmm. I started uh, learning web development, even though I was a refrigeration uh, sell, executive refrigeration salesman for a company in Dallas called Automated Eye Systems. And I sold refrigeration equipment, and then I started my own refrigeration company with two partners. So that was my main thing. So photography was just a fun thing to me, and I knew how to operate my camera, and it made me feel you know, like a amateur photographer and I could go out and shoot something and develop, you know, develop it and actually have pictures, you know? And so it was always exciting to me to go to a family gathering or something, have my camera, take pictures and then get them developed and send them, you know, I'd get my wife to send them out to family reunions that we'd been at and stuff. So it, it was always a good feeling to me to be able to take pictures and be able to give them to people. And, um, then uh, I started doing some web design and, um, uh, about 94, 95, 96 in there, I started learning web design and learning HTML. 
And uh, um, by 98, 99, I guess, uh, it might have been a little later than that. I can't remember exactly, but no, no, it was 98 because uh, I read this article because uh, I was I was. I was infatuated with photography, so I read all that I had. I was I was subscribed to Popular Photography magazine and all these four or five different magazines, uh, and I admired all these professional photographers and stuff in the magazine. And I looked at uh, this magazine, and they were talking about this new technology that was coming out called uh, a new camera called a DSLR, a digital <laughs> SLR, and and it, and it was saying that you could take the picture. And I had a camera then, and it was saying that you could take the picture and just plug it into your computer and the, the, the pictures would be right on your computer. And I was mind boggling, but those old Kodak, uh, like the Kodak DC, the Kodak DCS 720, I think was $10,000. So it was way out of my range, but I got commissioned, not really commissioned. I got asked by my aunt and uncle, my step aunt and uncle to do their, uh, to do their, uh, photography for their RV park down by Austin. And, uh, and this was a, probably a year later after that. And Kodak had released a camera called the DCS 315 that was $3,500. Long story short, I'm rambling. I got that DC, D, I got that camera and I used it to take pictures for, cause I couldn't get a photographer. I tried to get, I'd called down to Austin and tried to book a photographer to go out to their lake house mm-hmm. and take pictures of their RV park and stuff for their website because I needed pictures for their website that was actually of their RV park because they had a clubhouse, they had a dock and you know, all this stuff that needed to be advertised on their website, but I can not get any pictures. So, uh, I decided to myself, you know what, I'm going to invest in this digital camera. I'll drive down there, take the damn pictures myself and put them on the website. And so that's initially where my photography started because it was, uh, it was something I needed to conf- to finish my websites because I was out reaching out to other photographers and like my aunt and uncle's uh, website, I reached out to like four different photographers in Austin. And was, so, so your, your aunt and uncle paid you originally yes. just to do their website, yes. not to do their photos, not to do their photos. So in making your websites, you needed photos and that's, you couldn't find anybody else to do photos. Exactly. So you had to do both. So I ended up <laughs> doing both and it ended up being a blessing because, uh, it was like the light came on in my head because when I got back to Dallas, I was in that, I was in that little genre of website people that were learning to, to build websites and they all needed photos too for their websites. <laughs> so I would start shooting different events and stuff. I was doing a lot of events and stuff for their websites and stuff back then. And then, uh, my kids at that time were doing athletics. We're playing football for the Mesquite Pee Wee football organization. <laughs> so I had a cool camera. So I was out there every weekend with my monopod, like I was a you know professional sports shooter. And then uh, the organization, you know, they uh, they honored me, and because I was giving a lot of pictures away to parents and stuff, you know what I mean. I was doing it all because I was making good money back then doing refrigeration. Mm-hmm. So I just did the photography for fun. But that actually so turned into <laughs> it. Actually turned into I started making these uh, montages of the kids and framing them, and then I started selling those. And uh, so then it just it just it just built. And then in 1999, um, this is a funny thing. I shot my for 98, 97, 98. I shot my first wedding, and I actually, if I remember right, I got the wedding from somebody at one of the football games. 
And they come up to me and ask me, you know, hey, you've done a great, you've done such a great job shooting the pictures of our kids and stuff. My sister's getting married and they're looking for a photographer. Do you do weddings? And I was like, I'm looking to do weddings, but I've never shot a wedding in my life. And uh, you think most people be like, yes, I do weddings. (laughs) I've done a bunch of weddings. but, (laughs) But here's the problem at that point with a wedding is I was shooting everything digitally. And digital digital cameras at that point, even that $3,500 Kodak DCS 315 was not near at a point of being able to shoot a wedding on it. The quality of photos, they were only like one point. That camera was like 1.6 megapixels. Shut the front door. Yeah. And no for $3,500. Yeah. 1.6 megapixels. Like it. three so French. strange yeah. to think about. That, yeah. So, so literally, so literally yeah. your phone that you have, that yeah, LG phone <laughs> is 10 times more camera than it's that like, Kodak was. Mine's like, it's like my phone is like 12 or 13 megapixels. Or exactly. Crazy. And so, uh, even though it was a, a nice TIFF file that you would get out of that Kodak, it was still, um, and the low light capabilities was nothing like you couldn't like in a church or anything. So I was petrified because I knew that if I took on this wedding, I had to make the choice. If I took on this wedding, I was going to have to shoot it in film and uh, I had the film cameras to do it, but I wasn't totally confident of doing it. But I actually ended up, I did my, I did the bridal shoot and that was the first thing. Cause I was like, well, I'll do the bridal shoot and see how those come out. And then we'll, you know, and then if I'm confident, then, you know, we'll, we'll, will proceed and I killed the bridal the bridal <laughs> shoot I mean they came in amazing we turned we shot them in, and I talked to the bride about doing them uh and uh black and white or color and back in those days black and white was really popular so she opted for black and white which I was really I was really <laughs> proud of because that back in those days black and white was a lot more aesthetically artistic in right. color photos and she had a beautiful gown and I got a beautiful uh, studio to shoot in with uh, that had a whole backdrop made for wedding for the photos. And so, uh, I mean, they, they came out really, really, really good. And, uh, I didn't even know how to use strobes back then. So I ended up using, uh, there was a, they had a, this thing it would wheel around. So I wheeled it right over next to the window and it was a, from floor to ceiling windows. And I just let the light come in, put her under the, the, the light coming in the window and we shot the whole bridal portrait. And it's still one of some of my, it's still probably one of my top bridal portraits I ever shot. And so I ended up shooting the wedding and I killed that. And it was so funny because I'd stressed myself out so much about how to pose the people because mm-hmm. there's people that's never, or photographers that's never shot a wedding. There is so much uh, pre that you have to, you got to get with a bride and find out who the family members are because you don't want to shoot all the group photos and find out grandpa wasn't in them you know what I mean he was sitting over there not paying attention you know what I mean because that's film it's done there were no photoshop to photoshop anybody in back then even though I still don't I still won't do that today I tell the bride you give me a list of everybody that needs to be in certain photos so I was really put a lot of pressure on myself like the kids you know the 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 bridesmaids, you know, every, everybody mm-hmm. has to take their own photos. So I was really scared to death that I would miss somebody, you know, or right. miss a group or something. And, but, uh, we shot that and it was funny because, uh, it was a very high end client. The daughter was a lawyer mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, let me retract that. The daughter's mother was, uh, a lawyer and her dad was a doctor. So, oh, yeah. See. 
And so I was, so that was a lot of pressure on me too, because it was at a huge church and I think there was probably 500 people there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, I just ran with it and did it and the photos came out amazing. They were super impressed. Uh, back in those days, I didn't know where to get a, an album for the photos and I, and I, I looked onto this place that made custom made leather photo albums there was like $300. So I paid, they paid me very well for this right. wedding. And so I got the best album I could find. I fixed it for them. And then when I took it to them, they were just blown away. And I'm sure today, if you know, I still look at some of those and, and it's nothing compared to the ph- photography I do now. Right. But what I captured on film back then, I'm still very proud. I still, I just, it was, a, it was a, an act of luck luck from the universe mm-hmm. that they came out really so well you know what I mean because you couldn't look at your you couldn't look at the back of your camera and know if you were getting what you wanted right so that was you really, don't know if somebody was blinking or squinting exactly <laughs> so it was really scary and I mean all of the pictures were aesthetically clean and they all looked good and so um then uh I ended up getting the Nikon D1 like around 2000 which was the camera to have it was the digital. It was the first really good digital camera. All the Sports Illustrated guys got the same one. So all the sideline mm-hmm. shooters. This was before the Kodak was before Canon or Nikon even made a digital camera. So when I got that Nikon, that's when my career really took off because there was so many, uh, so many film photographers at that time saying digital will never take the place of a film. A film, right. never. It's never going to happen. So I was kind of looked like this black sheep, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then people started finding out that I was, you know, shooting digital and that I could take their pictures and then go right home and then give them right to them. You know right. what I mean? So people just was blown away by that because they're always used to a photographer telling them, oh, it may be two or three weeks. I've got to get your film developed. Got to look at everything. And, and I was turning stuff out right away. And um, I got lucky and I went to, uh, I got I got booked uh, to... Go shoot a gig in Miami for a thing called a Bottom Model 2000 contest. They had put out an ad if there was any new digital photographers. And a friend of mine told me about it. And I got lucked out and sent them a thing and uh, and uh, showed them what I'd been shooting. And they paid my flight out to uh, Miami. to the, Or actually, it was Hollywood, Florida, to the diplomat, Western Diplomat in Hollywood, Florida. And uh, I shot, it was so funny because I was so out of my league at this time. You know what I mean? I'd never shot anything like this. And I'm literally standing out there in front of thousands of people on a beach (laughs) at the Weston Diplomat, right? And they're having a world, this is a world bikini contest from people from Brazil, Venezuela, everywhere in the world. These models came in. so So they were allowing any photographers to come in? I don't understand. I was the only photographer. Oh. They wanted one on staff photographer that was the official photographer for the model bo- the 2000 this was 2001 insane. it was the 2001 model bottle tv contest so wow. th- listen this is a funny story so i get there and i just I, you know i'm thinking to myself you know well i'd make fun of you fake it till you make it <laughs> so man i got there and acted like i was some big you know photographer in, oh in dallas goodness. you know what i mean because i because everybody was mesmerized by my camera so it made me right. look very official right just because of my camera so i figured i had to like uphold that reputation of mm-hmm. the camera so I mean I just acted like there was none of that that was like something I hadn't done before but I would go in the bathroom and literally wipe the sweat you know because I was having a nervous <laughs> breakdown and then 
when I got there, I thought they were going to send me like a, I thought they were going to have like a spot, a, a, a fixed spot for me to shoot. Right. And at that time, I only had a 70 to 24 millimeter lens, which is have to be, you have to be pretty close. I didn't have right. a 200 or 300 millimeter lens. So you could sit way back and get the pictures. Right. And so I told them, you know, I told them that and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't want you. We've got your spot. You're right behind the cameraman. I'm like the cameraman. They're like, yeah, your spot is to, to right along the, the cable guy that holds the cable for the TV camera. I'm like, oh, my my God. So literally, I'm right out there in front of everybody because this was on televised. This was on television. Right. So and and the the guy, the coordinator for the event told me, I want you behind the cameraman for the TV cameraman, but I do not want you to ever be on the TV. Right. So I'm like, I I get it. I totally get it. So he he goes, you watch the guy with the cable because the guy had to hold the cable for the cameraman as the cameraman was moving around with the camera on his shoulder. And so he also told me, make sure you don't get tangled up in the the cable. So I'm trying to take pictures of these girls because they have this fast walk. You know, this is Miss Venezuela. And she comes walking down. Miss Venezuela is from Venezuela and she is 19 years old. And I'm like trying to capture her pictures. Stay behind the, the TV cameraman. Not get tangled up in the wire <laughs> not, not get tangled up in the wire and then here's the best part on my left side was the tv cameraman and the cable guy holding his cable right. on the right side of me was the swimming pool oh my goodness yeah. so i'm literally in like a three foot walk because the tv cameraman will walk forwards then he'll come back as the, right in the girl's face as she's walking so I had to stay like one step off of him. Right. And there was one point where... Did you guys have like dialogue? Were you and the cameraman like no. making like game plans like in the football? Like? Nope, nope. So when she comes here, we're going to be there. Nope. No. <laughs> we didn't have any of that. When they showed up, when, they, when, the, the, when the girls got lined up and stuff, the cameramen, they come up, picked up their TV camera and went out there to their spot, their mark. And uh, the director told me, okay, you just go follow the, you know, make sure, like I told you, stay right with that cameraman. And I'm like, yeah, cool, no problem. And then the other thing is I couldn't use a flash. So thank God at that time I was, I was lucky enough to have a 2.8, uh, I had a 2.8 um, fast lens because the ISO was terrible. And I look at those pictures now and they're very noisy from what we have now but they still were great they used them for on the all time their, they used them yeah. all on their websites they were stoked after it but it, the, my story was is him and i had we got into like a little groove you know what i mean like right. at first i was like watching him and scared he was going to run into me i was scared i was going to get tangled up in the cord you know that they were going to uh-huh. move too fast and i'd get tangled up in the cord so i was trying to concentrate on taking pictures of the girls but i was watching the cable too you know and watching the tv guy and then all of a sudden it just kind of started started flowing it started flowing so i just kind of forgot about the tv guy and i could see him out of my peripheral vision Mm -hmm. so everything was great and then um this one girl from i don't remember what country she was from i think she was from brazil and uh, she was a gymnast and so she starts down this little runway thing and decides to do a cartwheel. Well, when she did, you know, she was walking in heels. She's doing this cartwheel in heels, right? <laughs> and um, it's funny because the cameraman was right in front of her. So when she lunged forwards to push herself into this cartwheel, he stumbled and started backwards. Oh, my goodness. And so he's going directly into the pool, except I'm between him and the pool. 
goodness. So, and, and you got to realize that camera I had is not waterproof and it was super expensive. And here he comes, but he's holding a hundred thousand dollar camera. That broadcast camera that he's holding is like a right. hundred grand. And so I see him stumbling because I see his the back of his heels stumble backwards. And Miss Brazil doesn't even she know doesn't she's even cre- care. She doesn't right? even care. She's created this this <laughs> almost catastrophe. So he's going back to me. The guy with the line that's holding the camera line, the cord guy, like holds the cord tight because he thinks the cameraman's going to go in the pool with the camera. But he stumbles into me. And so I try to kind of catch him, but I had my camera in my hand and this camera was huge. And so I'm holding it with my right hand and, and he's coming at me. So I kind of try to catch him, but he hit me with such force and the top heavy of that big TV oh, camera, no. it knocks me right to the edge of the pool. And it was so funny because like my foot, the toe of my foot of my right foot went out over the ledge of the pool about six inches or about three inches. Oh, and no. and I'm teetering. I'm teetering. I'm on one leg. Oh going, my goodness. I'm going to go in or I'm not going to go in. And I'm like freaking out because I know I'm going to ruin my camera because I'm looking. I even remember looking really fast in the pool. said so like eight feet deep. We're on the deep end. Oh, my so I know I'm just going to sink like a rock with my camera and my pictures are going to be ruined. Everything's going to be done. You know what I mean? I probably won't get paid. You know what I mean? But right. it was, but I'm thinking, and it's so funny because all this stuff went through my mind in a split, a split second. second yeah. right. I'm thinking, well, maybe they'll still pay me because I caught their camera guy and he didn't waste his hundred thousand dollar camera. Maybe they'll even replace my camera. You know, I'm thinking all right. these thoughts. And it, but the funniest thing about it was, you know, people are clapping. Every time Miss Venezuela, you know, and everybody's clapping from the audience. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, as this happened, all, all of a sudden you just hear, <gasps> oh no, a gas. So everybody's yeah, everybody, watching Everybody you guys. in the whole audience, <gasps> and then I, I'm leaning, I'm like, you can't see what I'm doing in the studio, but I'm like teetering, like, oh God, oh God, oh no, I'm going to go in, I'm going to go, oh, I made it, I didn't go in. <laughs> and it was so funny, because and the it was so funny, because the TV cameraman looked back at me, because I caught him, he right. was going, if I hadn't have caught him, if I hadn't have been behind him, he was in the pool. Right. And so I caught him. I didn't go in. And so he looked at me because it was funny because, you know, uh, video guys and film guys are like, who's better? Or right. this little, I can't believe they're going to let this little photographer guy out here in my way. You know what I mean? Right. He was very cold shoulders when we started. And then after that, man, he kind of looked at me and he like gave me the thumbs up. <laughs> He's like, this guy's good. He's you know like, good I mean? looking out, yeah, man. Yeah, good looking out, man. And, so, <laughs> and that was my whole thing. And then after after that was over, there was a party the next day for all of the girls and, you know, the winner and everything at the Western Diplomat. And so I went, I was invited to the party. So I went to the With party. With your camera or just invited? No, I got to take my camera. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't shooting. I was shooting photos. I could shoot all the photos. And, and uh, but I was hired to do the live TV broadcast to get the stills for that. If that makes sense. Because right. back in those right, days, right, right. you know, nowadays they don't even need a still camera. They right. just take the the the, the, the stills the, straight from the video camera. The, the, it's such high definition now that mm-hmm. you don't even need a still camera. But in those days, anytime an event was done, you needed a, a, a still frame photographer or still camera photographer to take the mm-hmm. the stuff for the advertisement and stuff to go with the video. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I mean, I took some pictures and I gave them to pic- those pictures as well. But the lucky thing is, when I was there, hop not trying to hop not 
with everybody. One of the guys come up to me and he goes, man, good. He goes, dude, you got great balance, man. He goes, you were in that pool last night. You did great, man. He goes, we were, we all couldn't believe you didn't go in the pool. Everybody around us thought you were going in the pool. <laughs> and I was like, man, I tell you, I, I thought, thought I was I going in, was the, in pool. the pool too. But the funny thing is, is the cool thing of the guy that I met, I'm not going to give his name, uh, but he ended up being, I mean, him and I just hit it off really quick. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're bringing around wine and stuff. And so we're drinking wine and eating the cheese and stuff and just talking and stuff. And I had no idea who this guy is. And uh, he's like, so you from Miami? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm from Dallas. They actually flew me out here. He goes, oh, wow. You must really be established then if they brought you all the way out here. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, life of a high-end photographer. Oh, <laughs> you know my goodness. Basically, I was shooting kids sports back in <laughs> Dallas. You know what I mean? I'd never done anything like this. I just lucked into it because of the camera I had. And uh, long story short, come to find out, he was one of the founding members of Von Dutch. Oh my goodness. Which Von Dutch back then was... Was huge. Huge. It was the brand. I remember wearing Von Dutch. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was the brand back then. And That's it, hilarious. And it was actually, uh, it was established and it was in LA. It came mm-hmm. out of LA. But talking to him, we hit it off real well. And he's like, you know what? He goes... We have a, we actually have a, um, we have an ad campaign coming up and uh, we have an ad, cam- ad cam- campaign coming up and I love you. If anybody can hear the lapping, our studio mascot is Charlie is lapping up some water. Um, <laughs> but he goes, we actually have an ad campaign coming up and I would love for you to shoot that because we're kind of in between photographers. And I'm like, oh, awesome. well, you know, I'll have to check my calendar. <laughs> you know what I mean? The whole time my knees are like shaking. I'm like, oh, God, I just barely, you know, fronted on this gig. I can't imagine shooting like a major ad campaign. But uh, they, they they ended up, what they ended up doing is um, they were going to shoot it in Miami. That's why he was out there in Miami. Was oh, looking for locations, building the production, everything. And, and he was going to this model because he had been invited to this model bottle 2000 contest but he wanted to or 2001 but he wanted to shoot this ad campaign in miami right so he's like we're we've been contacting we've you know got four or five photographers that we're talking to but if you want this i'll give it to you you can do it because i was telling him you know i was so, so i was so awesome. stoked about my camera you know and i was telling him because nobody had seen a digital slr at this time mm-hmm. so i'm telling him what it could do you know i'm like no i don't have, there's no film in this camera dude it's got like a card in it and i took the card out nobody had seen a the flash card nobody knew what that <laughs> he's like are you kidding me i'm like yeah i can put this in a card reader and put it in my computer at home and I, the pictures are right there he's like oh my god you got to shoot our, i want to see this like, you've got to do this and, and i was like well you know the the downfall is it's only 2.7 megapixels he's like well can it will it do 70 do 72 dpi at uh, something i can't remember the mm-hmm. the page it's 11 by uh for a magazine Right. You know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you can do a full magazine page with it. No problem. And uh, he's like, well, you got to do this then because we, that's what we want is for advertising and stuff. So I ended up shooting. I, I remember the first day I walked on the production. I stayed in the hotel and I got up and walked out on the beach where we were shooting this thing with the models. And like literally I almost fainted, almost passed out. Oh, my goodness. You know what I mean? Because I was so nervous. And there's creative. there was a creative director, a producer, and all these people have been doing ad campaigns for years. You right. know what I mean? And I'm thinking to myself, they're going to see 
right, right through, through you. Me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And so, uh, you know, the I got with the creative director, and they had all this stuff storyboarded, you know, with magazines and stuff, and telling me, you know, what we we're looking for, and uh, they were super nice, and uh, I didn't even know how the strobes work, so I was lucky they had a lighting person there, but oh I didn't know goodness. how to move the strobes for the lighting to to actually light everybody properly, or the models properly. Does that make sense? Right. So the the, the lighting guy saw through me pretty quick, right. and I kind of just went, well, you know, I'm a natural light shooter, you know, I don't own any strobes, you know, that's right. like for, you know, like not for, you know, I just kind of like, but I mean, I wasn't rude about it, but I was just like, I'm not really experienced with strobes, and they were like, oh, no worries, no worries, you know, we'll, we'll you know, we know how, you know, how it pretty much works. I was like, okay, cool. So they, and it was so funny because back in then you had to have a sync cord mm-hmm. and, and my camera had a sync socket in it that I didn't even know how to use. So I didn't even know how to hook the sync cord up to my camera. Oh, my One goodness. of the assistants did. I had like three assistants there to assist me on the shoot. So, uh, so they would compose the shots, everything. And we started shooting like at, I think we all got to the beach at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Started shooting at 9 and then we broke for lunch at 11 and at 11 o'clock we, I, they had brought a computer out there so I could load the pictures. We loaded them. There was nothing there that was any good. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't print quality for an ad campaign. Good. Right. And that, what was that because, because of, it was just because of my inexperience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was because, um, we just wouldn't, you know, when you, when you do a photo shoot, you look for those gems. Oh, that's the one. Right. And there was not that that's the one in there and you want like five of those that's the ones you want that really one that's that's the one and then four that could take its place you know what i mean uh that might not be your favorite and there was none of those they were good but they weren't national ad campaign good you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so we so the creative director said let's just break for lunch let's regroup and uh i'm so i'm like well do you want to meet you know why everybody else the talent and everybody's gone she's like nope she goes i want you to go clear your mind as well and then we'll come back after lunch and we'll regroup and she goes up on the 22nd floor we have a suite uh rented up in the 22nd floor so everybody can meet up there and you can get your lunch everything's provided for you and then we'll meet everybody back here at 12:30 i was like cool so i just took my camera with me we go up, we're having lunch, we're having lunch, everything's cool. And the jeans, I have to find this picture, I still have it somewhere. The girls, there was, the, they had, I didn't have anything to do with the creating of the models or anything, right? So they had these two blonde models with mm-hmm. short blonde hair and Von Dutch pants, you know, jeans, because mm-hmm. it was for the jeans. Right. And then uh, they had one brunette model with long blonde, I mean long brunette hair like Mm -hmm. almost down to her waist the blondes were short hair the brunette was was long hair and on the back of the brunette's pants in yellow it was a huge von dutch logo that went on her butt i mean it was the size of her butt the logo was and uh that's that was one of the looks that we were trying to shoot and she didn't change out of the clothes she wore them they wore the clothes that we were just been shooting in because i don't know if they got the clothes given to them or what but they didn't change so we're all up there in the suite, like eating, and I'm like sitting over there freaking out a little bit, like kind of getting down on myself, a little depressed, like, oh my God, I knew I should have got myself into this, you know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. not going to do this, and my new friend that, you know, that I met is going to think I, you know, I suck, and you know, I'm just kind of, so I'm kind of freaking out about it, and I'm sitting there eating my little uh, cheese sandwich, or the little uh, sandwich and chips and stuff, and I'm looking out at the 
I'm looking out at this beautiful balcony, right? And these three girls that we were shooting are standing, leaning over the balcony. Mm-hmm. And in back of them, the sun is coming down on their back. And one of them was a little bit in shadow on the left side. But I'm just looking at them and behind them or in front of them, they're looking out over the balcony. And it's a beautiful white building. But the backdrop is nothing but beautiful white buildings, mm-hmm. s- skyscrapers. And it's so it's this perfect, pristine picture. Mm-hmm. And I just remember dropping my food and running over there with no strobes, no assistance, no anything, without them even knowing it. And I slide the door open, and I get down on my knee, and I take the picture. Click. And I, t- I took like five or six pictures. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I run back over and sit down and start looking at them on my LCD. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. So as soon as 1230 came around, I went down, and I told the creative director, I was like, she, you know, she was... She went from in the morning being very accommodating and anything you need right. and the, to being completely 110% stressed out when I walked back. She's like, we got to do this. We have to do this. We have to try to get this. And we have to get, try to get these girls in the wardrobe. We're going to lose wardrobe or uh, the stylist at certain, certain time. And so like, she's freaking out. And I, and I, and so I, I was like trying to stop her. And then I was like, no, no, I just let her go. And then she looked and I was like, can I show you something? And she's like. What, what is it? What is it? We got to hurry up. We got to get going. We got to get going. I said, it'll take me two minutes to put these in the computer, but I want to show you something. And she goes, what did you take some more? I said, I took some more pictures. She goes, well, you don't have any lighting or anything. So, you know, we need to concentrate on what we got here. I said, please just give me two minutes. And by that time, my friend that was right, he is there because he's heard things aren't going. I think she told him things aren't going too well. This photographer's not as experienced as you thought he was, blah, 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 blah. So he's just walking up and I'm looking at, and I see him coming. I'm like, but I'm thinking to myself, I've got it. I got it. Mm -hmm. And so we run over, I run over and I, uh, they had, a. uh, I can't remember what it's called, uh, for my card. So I stick my card in there loaded in the computer and I wasn't very familiar with that computer but lo- I get it loaded in the computer with the, the help of the guy that was running the computer and we get the pictures loaded and they come up and it was a brand new card because I changed cards because from the morning from the, the other shoots so I only had those five pictures on there and and I knew the one the first one that I took was the one the mm-hmm. other ones I just took just in case I kind of moved around the balcony and took some other ones Mm -hmm. just in case because I thought it was a cool scene but that first picture comes up and they're all standing there waiting on me because all the talents out there waiting on us to get shooting again right Mm -hmm. so the guy that owned is you know the big head honcho of Von Dutch he's kind of like going what are you doing man like you know there's all these people waiting everybody's like standing around waiting on you and as soon as the pictures come up I click it with a mouse and this is you got to really this is antiquated like it was an old <laughs> click microsoft mouse it was a microsoft it wasn't even a mac it was a microsoft ma- mouse i click the mouse the picture comes up and you just hear everybody behind me go <gasps> and i looked around behind me and he goes where when did you do that where'd you do that at i said up there while we were eating and he looked around at everybody and he goes that's a wrap we got it <laughs> And he goes, high five, buddy. He goes, high five. And I high fived him. He goes, this is, that's the ad. He goes, that's the ad right there. And I was like, what about all this stuff for the beach? And he's like, I've looked at it. It's, it's good enough. 
He goes, but that's the ad. And that was my very first published work. That was the very first work that ever went out that was published. That is hilarious. And I remember running down to the newsstand or running down to the Walmart or whatever it was and getting the magazine that I heard it was going to be in and opening it up. And that was my very first hair sheet. And I look back at it now and it was still, it's still great. Mm-hmm. You couldn't see any of the girls' faces. But then it's funny because, uh, you know, I after I got back to Dallas and stuff, you know, I was having my own uh, recollection of the shoot and everything and all the thousands of dollars they had spent on the production of this photo shoot. Right. And it ended, the photo that we ended up using didn't use any strobes, didn't use any assistance, didn't use anything. It was just me up there having lunch and seeing that moment. <laughs> And I realized right then that a lot of times getting that photo is just being. Not going by what's planned. Seeing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And seeing it. And so, I mean, I I totally lucked out. So once, but once I got that ad, my career took off, you know, which I I was running around Dallas Square. Oh, just took a Von Dutch ad out in Miami, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you want me to shoot your little lookbook? Yeah, I'll think about it. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So my head like really Really swelled up. Yeah, really quick. And then uh, it wasn't long after that that I started looking at possibly moving to LA and that's exactly how it happened. And I just gave you like a, 35 minute answer yes you did (laughs) yes you did Uh, so is that the end of your two minute interview you think that's enough yeah that's enough okay (laughs) well all right guys we're gonna let sissy lee go she's got to get back to hollywood hollywood holly weird holly weird uh (laughs) but thank you young lady for coming into the studio thank you so much for shooting me you've actually been here for what Three days? Some, yeah, something yeah. crazy. So it's like been that. it's been pretty awesome, but I yeah. think you're ready to get back to city life. Yeah, I think I am. Yeah. Well, not not really. I just know that I I have to. Yeah, I have to. <laughs> you got a lot of responsibilities. <sighs> Responsibility. Yeah, that's what can, that's what happens when you grow up. All right, girl. Thank you again so much for being on the show. Is there anything you want to plug? You want to tell them your Facebook page again? Um, Facebook is facebook.com slash C-I-S-S-Y dot L-Y dot three. Awesome. Thank you again for coming in. All right, guys. We'll be right back. you
Welcome back, everybody. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Images Everything. Again, I'm your host, Rav Holly, and uh, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank my guest this week, uh, the beautiful Miss Sissy Lee. Uh, be sure to check her out on her Facebook page, uh, Sissy Lee Three. Uh, she's one of my favorite girls. I've known her for a couple of years, and she's just an absolute sweetheart. And I couldn't have been more excited to have her on the show. So, uh, thank you again, baby girl, uh, if you're out there listening uh, for being on the show. And uh, that's gonna do it, guys. We will see you back here next week. Uh, same rap channel, same rap time. Peace out.